The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Well, another dreadful performance by the Edmonton Oilers. They allow five goals in the third period. They lose again 7-4 to the Minnesota Wild. The Oilers are 1-4-1. That is their worst start since 2014-15 when they also started 1-4-1. They didn't make the playoffs that year. They weren't expected to. This year, a little different. And uh, quite frankly, it is just a defensive disaster for the Oilers, who tonight, of course, were playing without Connor McDavid and still scored four goals, which should be enough to... Well, win a game, at least get a game into overtime, but not tonight. And this is going to sound weird to say because he gave up six goals. This one's not on the goaltender. I mean, Jack Campbell's save percentage tonight is 800, which doesn't look very good. Um, He was a big reason the Oilers had the lead going into the third period because he made several excellent saves in the second period and even a few more in the third when he started getting beat a little more uh this is a team that uh can't win puck battles that can't make right decisions when to pinch uh that can't cover in the defensive zone and uh, now tonight you can also say they can't count because they took a too many men penalty in each period which is flabbergasting and well disgusting I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to take three in a in a year a lot of seasons. They took three in one game, which is perhaps a little bit evidence of some of the problems that might be there. Which, whatever word you want to use, Rob, engagement, concentration, intensity. Uh, I mean, this was a sloppy game all around. I, I think the Minnesota Wild had some issues of their own tonight. Yeah. But the Oilers had more. <laughs> and, and, I mean, they lose they lose 7-4. And you, I thought you made a great point with Bob. Um, we, we've now seen three of the six games be quite disappointing and quite concerning. Yeah, I, I In honestly, some ways, this might be the, the most concerning. Well, I think they were worse in this game. I think they gave up more chances in this against than they did in the 8-1 loss. Uh, we were talking at the end of 40 how Campbell was first star, how he was all world. I got a buddy who texted the top seven saves tonight on the uh, TSN or Sportsnet. It's going to be Jack Campbell's saves. And then the Oilers still give up seven goals in this game. Uh, they were terrible defensively. Uh, pinching at the wrong time, getting beat uh, one-on-one, uh, leaving the front of the net wide open, not taking sticks. This is And, and the thing that is frustrating if you're an Oilers fan, this was a game where there. Excuse me. This was a season where the Oilers were making a commitment to being better defensively. And as I just said with Bob, in four of the six games, they would have needed to score uh, nine, five, five, and eight goals to win those games. I mean, that's how many goals up they're giving up, and they're the goaltending. I mean, there there was a couple games the goaltending didn't make the saves they needed, but the goaltenders aren't letting in bad shots. They're just giving up that many grade-A scoring chances. And tonight, you have, for example, Warren Fogle we thought was outstanding. He's minus three. Evan Bouchard on the back end had a goal and two assists. He was minus three. Evander Kane, who for the first time this year found the back of the net, one, he was one and one, goal and an assist. He was minus two. So the others, I think the effort was there. But they are not playing smart, making too many huge mistakes. And this is what plagued them last year. This was one of the reasons they talked about changing some of the things defensively because they gave up too many grade-A scoring chances. Well, those mistakes are still in their game right now as the Edmonton Oilers right now can't outscore them. you got to love the internet. you got to love hockey fans. I have found a website that claims to track too many men penalties. Oh, Now, this is without (laughs) any sort of verification on my part. I know I emailed, uh, I think I emailed the NHL last year something about too many men. I don't think they had something that specific. Maybe it was something else. Uh, Last season, including playoffs, so this website just puts the total games together. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the Oilers played 94 games last season and took eight too many men penalties. Most teams took four or more. 
uh, Dallas Aikens and the Ducks took a le- they list the coach and not the team. <laughs> so the uh, the Ducks would have been the worst last year for too many men with eleven. Uh, the Kings only took two. So two the whole year. Two the whole year last year. Who did Laviolette coach last year? Was Laviolette. it still in Washington? Because he changed, right? I don't, I don't even know, know anymore. Yeah, uh, they only took three. So, but uh, it doesn't it doesn't say per game. But I, I would suggest three in a game uh, rarely happens. And so. I think I do believe. Don't they have a couple already this season too? I, I think, think they have at least one other one. I thought yeah. they had two. So I think they might. There are four or five for sure. Uh, but it, it just goes with the sloppiness of the game. Well, and that's what I mean. It's just another symptom of everything else going on i mean well it's funny in the preseason we talked about it and you're the one that brought it up last year and then we talked about this year uh the others were undisciplined then undiscipline isn't just penalties it's taking penalties it's undisciplined getting pucks in and out it's undisciplined with the too many men all of those things they were not the others have not been very good when it comes to details this year and Teams are good, and if you give, there, we've seen a lot of the, this year where Connor McDavid comes down around the goal line and he tries that puck off the goalie's head and in, and that's something only superstars did before. And you and I have talked lately. There's a lot of other players that are trying that now. The skill level is in, in the NHL now is at an all-time high. So when you give Grade A scoring chances up, used to be okay if you play against Colorado, they got two lines, but against Minnesota, they only got one really good line. You can get away with it with other lines. You can't anymore. No. You give up a Grade A scoring chance against Minnesota's third line, Vancouver's third line, fourth line of Calgary they've got guys that are capable of putting the puck in the net and that's what's haunting the Oilers right now they're just giving up too many odd man breaks guys wide open in the slot not taking sticks in the slot we saw that in the first two games how many pucks were deflected in tonight two goals where guys sticks were just there no one touched them and they deflected it in just on a shot pass those are things that the Oilers don't worry about their offense. Don't worry about their power play until the Oilers clean that up. Yeah. They're going to find themselves on the wrong end. Well, and, and the thing for the Oilers is, and, and I mean, we talk a lot about in the season, b- before the season, about expectations, projecting records and all that kind of stuff. That That is all out the window right now. Uh, they're 1-4-1, they're and one, so they, they have won a game. But the goal is not... Right now, for me, the goal is not anything else but win a game win a game because right now you you look like a team that is going to find a way to lose i mean they did they have won a game i mean and i said this about the edmonton elks when they were 0 8 and the expectations weren't as high for the elks mm-hmm. they were hoping to be 500 and improve and i said forget about all that win a game score points the Oilers aren't quite that bad but again they've won one out of six games prove you can win a game like Winnipeg, you know, you have a chance. You didn't win. Philadelphia, you stunk tonight. You stunk. Like <laughs> this is not a this is not a team with the 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 play is encouraging in losses. Like this this I mean, again, they haven't started this bad since they were still in the decade of darkness. Well, you, the thing is, they're not building off of of a positive. You know, they have a positive game in Philadelphia, or sorry, they have a positive game in Nashville. Then they go to Philly, and they were terrible. They have a. They lost against Winnipeg, but that was a game that they deserved a better fate. They really did. They played well against Winnipeg, and instead of building on that, they come out and have a terrible game in Minnesota. So they, they're not building on when they have something good going on. They come out and they just go back to the same problems. I mean, this was just. Uh, I don't want to be too negative, but it was a it was a horrible defensive effort. Yeah. Like when your goaltender gives up six, and in my thought, he was your best player. I mean, the game should not, the Oilers should not have been leading going into the third period. Campbell, I mean, he made five saves that you thought were in. So if you're giving up that many great A's and the goalie's still giving up six goals, well, there's something, there's something there. And there's, I mean, there's certain players that, yes, the offensive stats look good, but if you continually are giving up, throwing the puck away in your own end, getting beat, Defensively, making poor decisions. Well, that negates all of your positives. Yeah. And I think there's a few players on the team right now where the positives are not as Craig McTavish always used to say, make sure your positives outweigh your negatives. Well, there's players on the Oilers right now where that's not happening. Yeah, and this is this, this is up and down the lineup. This, this isn't a few seasons ago where 
you know, McDavid and Drysdale are, are phenomenal, and Nuge is, is playing well, and mm-hmm. and you got Nurse and whoever on the back end, and then you have no depth after that. You have a bunch. You, you have you know guys who should be fourth liners on your second and third lines. And I'm I'm just going to single out one play that, and you brought it up after the period. And I'm not just. I mean, it'll sound like I'm picking on this guy, but it's just an easy play to remember. It's it's other veteran good players who are doing it. Matthias Ekholm made a line change. Yep. That that. A, a, you know, a, a novice or whatever the category is called now that a U, that a U10 player should know you don't change in that situation. I mean, that and that's the type of mental gaffes that we're seeing over and over again. Yeah, well, he was brought in to solidify and, and give a veteran presence to make right decisions. Now, all veterans make uh, mistakes, and all veterans will have a brain cramp. Everyone does. But it just gets magnified when everything else is going wrong around it. And on that one right there, Ekholm went straight off the ice. When you're changing, you always have to make sure make sure the puck's deep in the opposite end. But as you're skating, you always have to look over your shoulder to make sure you're still in the right place to change. He skated straight off. The, the Minnesota Wild forward actually skated by them. They almost brushed shoulders as, the, as he was going in on a three-on-one. You just can't do that. Uh, the other's three... Three too many men penalties. They gave up twice terrible changes that cost them goals. There's the three-on-one, that one. And then on the goal that Kaprizov did the far pass where a guy kicked it in front to Hartman, the Oilers changed on that one too. And that's why Hartman was in front of the net by himself. The Oilers had both their D-men back, but there was three Minnesota Wild because, the again, the Oilers made a poor change. These are the details that have been uh, leaking for the Oilers through the first six games, and that's why their record is what it is, and it's not good. And, and on the power play in the first period, they gave up uh, a two-on-one. Mm-hmm. Dreisaitl turns the puck over at the offensive blue line on another power play, give up a shorthanded breakaway. Minnesota didn't even get shots on goal. Either one of them, I mean, yes. give, give Hyman credit for the back check on the one, and then Hartman, who wound up with a hat trick anyway, uh, shot wide on the shorthanded breakaway. So uh, this was just uh, sloppy throughout. I mean, it was – both teams were pretty sloppy mm-hmm. in the first period. Yep. And then I think as it, as it went along, um, the Oilers were just more – Mistake prone, you know, and they're they were and one, again. I mean, I don't think the, I don't think the Wild were great, but the Oilers were were that miserable. They got scored on seven times by a team that probably well, that top line had an incredible game, but, it they, did, well, but they also you know made mistakes too. But the Oilers made made way more. Well, it's the one thing that I mean you have to touch on too. There was no ninety-seven in the on the ice tonight for the Oilers, but there was a ninety-seven on the ice, and uh, we watched a superstar play tonight. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, he is, he he is everything they say he is, if not more. I mean, you're looking at his line mates are, are, are tonight Hartman and who was his other Zuccarello guy? Zuccarello was the other Sick, one. Yeah, he Zuccarello. made a great soccer pass on great a goal. Say, but I mean, he's not playing with uh, Hyman's or Nugent Hopkins or Kane's. This guy's playing with, you know, guys that were let go or gotten rid of by other teams. And he was just dazzling out there in this hockey game tonight. And the Oilers just, they gave him a lot of room. They weren't physical on him. And now, again, you always say try to be physical against the skilled guys. Not always easy, but too much room, too much time. Um, and the the Minnesota Wild got the matchups they wanted. And Kaprizov was out there a lot against Bouchard. And on the one goal at the blue line, Bouchard pinches on Kaprizov. Shouldn't have. Gets by. All of a sudden, it's a goal. Kaprizov, on a play that he didn't score on, walked Bouchard from standing still walked in and, and actually Nurse made a really nice play getting the block there the Oilers need to be better defensively they need to stop I mean I know that they were trying to change their defensive zone system but there seems to be a lot of guys wide open tonight for the Minnesota Wild and there has been in too many of the games this year okay 7-4 Minnesota wins it let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca head coach Jay Woodcroft team fought to get the lead after 40 minutes. Well, yeah, well, I, I mean, I thought our players displayed uh, some character and guts there through the first 40. Obviously, the third period, you give up that many gil- uh, amount of goals. It's uh, far from ideal. Uh, lots, to, lots to clean up there. And, um, you know, 
know, I thought there were moments in the game that we could have handled better, um, and not just def- defensively, certainly defensively. But you know, we had a five-on-three power play early where we could have uh, converted at a um, you know a better clip. That I, I felt. That was an important juncture in the game. You know, we're up to one uh, end of the first period. We win a face-off clean. We can execute a whole lot better in that situation as well. I thought our players, um, you know, gave us what they had tonight. But in the end, we had struggled to contain their uh, their big line in the third period there, and we were made to pay. What did you think of Evander King uh, with the Gordial hat trick? I thought it was good. Yeah, he's you know he competed his tail off tonight, and you know a big fight and you know, important goal that you know everyone on our bench believed that we were going to tie that up. Um, yeah, his game was good. Jack, can you speak to the performance of Jack Campbell and the momentum that that gave your team? Yeah, I thought the second period for Jack might have been one of his best as an Edmonton Oiler. I made numerous big saves. In the end, you know, as a team in the third period, we uh, we didn't display, um, you know, what is uh, we're about as a group. And I don't know if it was we ran out of gas. I don't know if it was just the lack of execution. Um, but certainly not to our standard and uh, but for Jack his second period was one of the best I've seen him have. Jack was discussing first game without the captain and he kind of felt like we did respond and we did have a good game mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent so he was kind of disappointed that the result isn't there to match how would you kind of assess how you saw the team work together to try and well re- I wouldn't say replace but live without the captain. Well I think uh, the easiest thing to do is to go to negative, um, and I would say that I thought there was a lot of really good signs for our team. Uh, it's disappointing not to close the game out when we were up heading into the third period. That third period was far from our best, that's that's for certain, but there was a lot of good things that um, went on through 40 minutes. In the end, we didn't get the result. It's a results-driven business. We understand that. We're going to work uh, to correct some things and and get better tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Okay, that's Jay Woodcroft. I was much more uh, disgusted last week after the loss to the Philadelphia Flyers. But, I mean, well, he said it. There is a lot to correct. Again, I mean, it's it's bad enough to to lose. And I I know there's, you know, people who are upset tonight. But... um, when you get the feeling that you're that far away, I guess it's pretty frustrating. Now, and again, I know they were leading going to the third period, but it was a precarious lead. Yeah. <laughs> again, because without Campbell, it might have been virtually over after 40 minutes already. Well, in all honesty, I thought, and I said it to you, I think, well, this is the Oilers' night. I mean, the the Wilds' best player, Kaprizov, missed two wide-open nets. Uh, Maroon misses a wide-open net, or Campbell makes a save on him. They missed so many chances and Campbell made so many saves you're like all right this is going to be a big road win without their captain and then it all fell apart Uh, listening to Jay Woodcroft right there he sounded very subdued and it was almost one of those where he's in shock you know you know we didn't have a good second period but our goalie gave us that chance all right we're we've been a third period team the last couple of years we're we're going to get this done on the road and then the third period they had it just the mistakes yeah. uh, were just, it's one of those ones where you're like, okay, it's not how we drew it up. It's not how we practiced it. I know that you guys are better than you've shown tonight, and we've seen it. We've seen this team is capable of being a much better defensive team than they showed tonight. And so now as a coach, you're like coming out there to answer questions like, hmm, actually, I really got no question, no answers for that because right. this was nowhere near what I was expecting from my team tonight, especially in the third period. Well, and I think that's uh, another thing that we can be concerned about. And by the way, the Oilers did score in the third period tonight. So it is the over for Set the Line River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. Scott gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. As, as we've talked about, in any NHL game, there's going to be a period where one team mm-hmm. has 100%. a push or or has control. You, you, some, you know, you sometimes even games that end up. For, I mean, even like, like the Nashville game, there were times oh. Nashville outplayed the Oilers. But you, often, if a team can get out of a period, the the good teams settle it down when the next period starts. So the Oilers got out of the period. 3-2 lead tonight. Yep. Got out of the second period. They survived. Survived. Yep. And that happens all the time in the NHL. Well, the good teams come out in the third and they put that game to sleep. The Oilers give up a goal in the first minute <laughs> of the period and then, you know, then it was 
just an, an avalanche for the Wild. Well, we talked about this the other night, and it was during the Winnipeg. I can't remember if it was the Winnipeg or the Vancouver game, where we see so often in the NHL where one team dominates a period. And if the team that gets dominated somehow survives, so in a game where you get outshot 19-4, to 4, if you're only down 2-1, you survive that. All of a sudden, the next period, you come out and things start going your way. Well, that's what we saw in the second period there. The Oilers survived that second period because they were ahead. They shouldn't have been ahead. Jack Campbell kept them in the lead. So you're thinking, okay... We did everything wrong that period. We survived that period. Now it's our turn to flip the switch, and we're going to push the other way. And they didn't. They just big mistake after big mistake and a lack of urgency. Uh, There wasn't the block shots or the dives to get the pucks out. I mean, we saw smart Oiler defensive players make poor decisions. Ones that, okay, okay, he knows better than that because we've seen him. He's capable of doing more. And they just didn't. They seem lost at time. And one of the reasons I say lost is when you start throwing in the too many men on the ice penalties. Yep. That's where a team like, okay, who, do I, who am I taking coming off? Like we watched, they had a great from the angle. I think it was McLeod went off. And two guys two that were players actually both thought they were going on. They were actually sitting beside each other more or less because yep. they jumped on and skated on together. And they're like, neither one of them noticed, hey, Okay, whoa, only McLeod came off. What are we both jumping on for? Now, one of the things that happens with the Oilers, because they have a lot of players that play multiple positions, McLeod sometimes is a centerman, sometimes he's a winger, but still no excuse yep. as a player. And the, So if all of a sudden, if me, you, and Bob Stoffer are aligned, and all of a sudden uh, Jay Woodcroft says, okay, Brown, Stoffer, uh, Wilkins, you guys are up next. The first thing that you and I would do, i say, I got McDavid. You say, I got dry settle, and Bob would say, I got third man because you guys are way better, so you guys go out before me. But you always say, as soon as Jay Woodcroft says who, who the next line is, you and your line mates 100% of the time say, I've got this guy. It's always. So when that guy comes off, there's never confusion. Well, tonight there was confusion all over the place, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just the penalties. There were other terrible changes right. tonight. It's almost like there's this general fog that the team is playing in. Yeah, that's and, a good way of putting it. You know, again, I, I, I still think that they're capable of playing better than this. I don't think they're going to have a, a – what do they have? Three out of a possible 12 points. I don't think they're going to have a 250 points percentage the whole year. But as we, but as I was saying, like win a game. It, yep. win, play solid for a game and win it and then try to, to build off that. And um, I, I know it's really early to talk about playoffs and stuff, but as I said the other night, the concern is – what if this goes like? What if eleven games in, you're, uh, you know, you're two seven and two, or twenty games in, uh, you know, you're uh, six twelve and two, or whatever that would be. Like that's then you're you're already running out of track to try to track well, teams down. Two things happen on that. A, you're chasing, so then you're which is starting, exhausting, which is exhausting, and you also start needing help from other teams. But the other thing too is everybody is on this team at. But the beginning of preseason and training camp felt that they were a Stanley Cup contending team. If all of a sudden this team is 620 and something, there's movement. So now players are being moved. Nobody wants to leave this team because they feel something special is happening here. And I've been on teams where all of a sudden things aren't going right, and it's like, okay, all of a sudden you're going to make changes. And usually the changes you make to start with are players. There's not going to be a coaching change. There's not going to be a GM change. If things continue to go wrong, Okay, what do we need to inject into our lineup? So that's the the one thing that the players got to have in the back of their mind. But still, play a play a smart game. And I, I don't. The others played a smart game against the Winnipeg Jets. Got unlucky. One bad break. Stuart Skinner coming out. He owned it, and he learned from it. But other than that, they were a good hockey team that night, and they made they they deserved a better fate. But then they come out tonight. They didn't deserve a better fate tonight no. at all. Like they. They were lucky that they were still in the game going into the third period. And this is a game where on the road, without their best player, best player in the world, they scored four goals. That should get them a point. If they score four goals on the road without their best player, that should get them a point. And it didn't. It wasn't even close. We'll uh, make Jack Campbell the fourth star of the game for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. The Rangers are going to win in Calgary. It's 3-1 with... 15 seconds left, and the Rangers have a two-man advantage. The Oilers' farm team won 5-1. Bakersfield over Henderson. Raphael Lavoie scored twice. Sam Gagne now with the Condors. 
picked up two assists in this game. The scoreboard update is for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Okay, more post-game reaction coming up. The Wild beat the Oilers 7-4. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Sent through the middle of favor, now up the right wing. In comes Kaprizov, he'll get it across. Oh, what a stop by Campbell! Rebound in front of the net, and it's played wide! That's Campbell's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. He takes the loss tonight. He's beaten six times. The Wild also got an empty netter to take down the Oilers 7-4. Here is Jack Campbell. Yeah, super competitive game through 40 minutes, I'd say, and I um, guess just disappointed feeling in here. Um, you know, we scored enough to win. They made some really nice plays and capitalized, and of course I'd love to uh, make some more more key saves for the guys and, um, you know, get two points, but they made some good plays. I got to go back to the tape tonight and, and watch it and uh, see what adjustments I can make and you know as a unit I know uh, we can tighten things up too. You were outstanding Jack in the second period with the saves that you were making Warren Fogel crediting that to you as well. Is it, is it a matter of building on that momentum? Well first and foremost uh, Fogel has been playing great so nice of him to say that but he, uh, he deserves a lot of credit for not even just scoring but just the compete in his game and um, the fire and I think that that'll rub off on our group and um, he just needs to keep setting that uh, leading the way and uh, for me it's just about you know not getting frustrated learning from it um, a lot to learn especially when you give up six and you know that's exciting to to look and and see what I can do better and uh, be ready to practice tomorrow. From your vantage point how did you find that your team responded without your captain in the lineup? I think that's the most frustrating part about the game is we did respond even when they went up 5-3 we scored or 6-3 I can't even keep keep up with it but we we scored again um, didn't give up and just kind of second period came out and folks got a great goal for us and PK did a great job and um, you know disappointing you know it looked like things were going our way and blink an eye and they make some good plays and it's it's a tough one. Jack, are you able to maybe just walk us through that save on Maroon on that two-on-one? Um, I mean, it's early in the season, but kind of a candidate for save of the year. I know you'd rather have a win, but how did that kind of play out in front of you? Yeah, is it Kaprizov on the left? Yeah, yeah he all night was making some good plays with uh, with his poise and kind of got me to bite and um, just tried to keep it out of the net and fortunate it stayed out. Okay, that's Jack Campbell, the Oilers goaltender after a 7-4 loss to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, which they've done once this season, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on 630ched.com that allows you to get a free appetizer. At Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Anything stand out there from Campbell? Uh, no, I, I thought he, I mean, he stood up for his teammates, thought there was response, thought they came out well, worked hard without their captain in the lineup. Um, it's a t- That'd be a tough one to come out and talk as, as Campbell. I mean, he's disappointed he gave up six. But he also, I mean, he's getting asked questions about great saves that he made in the game. So it would have been a frustrating night. Uh, but the one thing that we've learned about Jack Campbell, if there's any blame that goes around, he always gives it to himself. Um, I feel for him because uh, this is a he he played well enough to give his cha- team a chance to win. They just didn't play well enough in front of him. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. We have Fred standing by. Fred, go ahead. 
Hey, boys, look at the positive. We're ahead of Anaheim and San Jose, at least. But you know what? Well, that's uh, not third, saying much. The third and fourth line, uh, you're not going to win a Stanley Cup that way. we got to rebuild that somehow. And the D is so discombobulated right now. Uh, Rob, what do we do here? Come on, this this is not Oiler hockey. Well, it isn't. Well, you say they got to rebuild the third, fourth line. Well, the Oilers' second line tonight was minus four. So their their second line wasn't good in this hockey game as well. Defensively, the uh, fence made a bunch of poor decisions. Evan Bouchard had one of those ones where there's a reason in Edmonton. There's there's a group that where Evan can do no wrong. There's a group where Evan can do no right. And tonight we saw one of those games where I mean, he had a goal and two assists. He was fantastic on the power play. The big bomb of his shot created two goals. But then defensively, turning the puck over, getting beat one-on-one, not picking the guy up in front of his own net. It's one of those... It just You saw the two far ends of the spectrum of what Evan gives you. Um, this team is more or less the same team that last year gave Vegas everything they could handle. And the only thing they did was they picked up a Connor Brown for a Yamamoto, who everyone thought was an upgrade. And the Oilers, down the stretch when they went, I don't know, what was it, 16-2 and two or 14-2, and two, wherever it was, they played solid, good defensive hockey. They're capable of doing it. They just haven't. And I, don't, I can't give you a reason why, but the Oilers are not going to win if they need to score five-plus goals a night to win hockey games. And that's the thing they talked about in the playoffs. A number of games they scored, they were giving up four against. You can't win against good teams in the playoffs if you need to score five. And the Oilers right now are needing to score five against not good teams. Mm-hmm. And and as I said, and there's four games this year out of six where they needed to score nine, five, five, and eight to win. That does not win you hockey games come playoff time. It will be $400 tonight to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They are filling the net 100 bucks to Santa's every time the Oilers score. You're going to hear from Warren Fogle, who scored twice tonight. Needed more. 7-4, the Wild take it. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Two, Bouchard gets to the middle. To Nugent Hopkins. Across to Dreisaitl. To Bouchard. One cover scores! Bouchard let it go. It was tipped in front of the net. I think Evander Kane got his stick on it. Evander Kane did get his stick on it. His first goal of the season power play goal for the Oilers. They went 1-4-5 on the power play tonight. Minnesota 0-3. The power play update for Conlon Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Rob, a a 7-4 game, but as you and I often talk about, there are always moments that make you wonder, hmm, wonder what if, could have. I mean, look, the Oilers still would have had to play a lot better defensively, but having said that, they were up 1-0 and had a two-man advantage for a minute 15, and the game was yet, was not even two and a half minutes old. So. And they're playing against a team, as we talked before the game started. You talked about the the Edmonton Oilers and the Minnesota Wild, two of the four worst teams defensively to start this the season. If Minnesota's down two nothing or possibly three nothing seven minutes into the game, maybe this is a different night. And the way that Jack Campbell was playing, uh, but the Oilers weren't able to do it on the five on three, and actually were giving up chances uh, against. So their Oilers power play now it was going to be not as good because you didn't have McDavid in the lineup. But it still had four-fifths, and the addition to the four-fifths was Evander Kane, who eventually had a goal and an assist in the game. So uh, there was missed opportunities in the first period uh, on the power play to create space between them and Minnesota on the scoreboard. But that's something that, strangely, we've seen too much this year, is the Oilers' power play haven't been able to give them that extension of a lead think something that we've seen a lot in the last couple of years it hasn't been there yet this season and it certainly was probably a, a reason that the others didn't the game didn't go their way because they weren't able to create a two or three nothing lead in the first all right let's go to the 13 hotline we have darian standing by hi darian go ahead 
Hi there. Uh, yeah, I just noticed like, a couple things. Like, just, just seems to be like a lack of accountability and a lack of urgency. I definitely notice in the D zone, like when we don't have the puck, it just kind of seems like everyone's just kind of like standing around and just like people out of position everywhere and it just doesn't really make sense to me. And then Woodcroft at the end of the games all the time is the same answers to the same questions and it's just frustrating a little bit. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, like I said earlier, they, they, they almost seem like they're in a bit of a, a, bit of a fog. Um, I, I, I'm going to, I, I'm going to push back a bit on that comment about the coach's comments, Rob, because we've heard that about every coach yep. after losses. Oh, Tippett says the same thing. Oh, McClellan says the same thing. Oh, Hitch says the same thing. I mean, it's the coach's job to find answers uh, in the dressing room and in practices, not necessarily with what he says publicly. So I wouldn't – and I've been interviewing coaches – no, I'm not doing these interviews, but I've mm. been interviewing or listening to coaches most of my adult life. Uh, you tend to get this. I, I mean, Jay, well, I, I could sub in. I could probably find some tape of uh, of a high school football coach I interviewed after a loss in Cold Lake in 2002, and it might be the same type of answer well, that Woodcroft's co- giving. Yeah, a coach is never going to sell his players out uh, publicly unless it's something that's absolutely much needed uh he's going to talk to them in the direction what the sound bites that he gives the media is not the sound bites that he gives his team nor would you want it to be you're not going to say out okay here's what we're doing wrong here's how we're going to fix it so now you know nurse was this or mushar was it no you're not going to do that publicly as for the lack of urgency and players at times standing around yeah 100 absolutely uh, they looked uh lost at times uh, confused, and I don't think it's new systems. I mean, there's some that were pretty simple plays where here's my man. I'm going to stay with my man. Don't I just, pinch. Don't pinch. Don't, don't pinch when there's like, you don't when you don't have guys coming back. You can't pinch. Uh, don't uh, throw the puck around the boards when there's nobody there. If you've got your man behind the net, that's still your man when he comes to the front of the net. Uh, taking a guy's stick on passes coming from the slot. Taking a guy's stick when they're someone shooting from the point so yeah 100% the Oilers have been uh, incredibly poor at times defensively this year and the goals against uh, are not it's not a mirage because this isn't goalies flubbing letting bad shots in left or right they're getting beat on grade A scoring chances because they're giving up too many of them all right we also have uh, Drew at 780-496-0063 go ahead Drew hey how's it going um, pretty much, uh, you guys have covered all my points I was going to talk about, but, uh, they do like, it's, it's kind of scary how lost they do look in the D zone. Yeah. Um, like the second period I was, I, I, I was amazed. Like the you guys are head on the swivel, head on the swivel, head on the swivel because they don't know which guy they're supposed to be on. One guy checks up, one guy checks down when they should have been opposite. It's just, it feels very scary for where, where we should be, I believe. I don't know. That's just me. No, I think and you're right. And that's what I think Rob and I are talking about is is they're not close. Like it. Well, especially since the, the whole focus from day one of training camp through training camp through preseason was we are going to be yeah, better defensively. All these details. That's yeah. all they talked about. Ever since they lost to Vegas, they said one of the reasons they lost to Vegas is details. They weren't good enough defensively, giving up these grade A scoring chances. And we can go through all the ones from Vegas that we've talked about where guys are wide open here or there. So their whole focus was going to be we're better defensively. And then we start the season and I don't know what the goals against right now. They're averaging close to five against. Well, what were they coming into tonight? I could quickly do the math. So, so they the, were at uh, they were exactly four goals against, and then they let in seven so tonight. In so, seven, so that'll be four points, four point three, something three, three, three against, or which means for the Oilers to win hockey games, they have to score five, and that's the one yeah. thing that we talked about last year. The Oilers in the playoffs are not going to win Stanley Cups, not going to win playoff series if they have to score five goals to win. They're capable yeah. of doing it on And once in a while, you have to do it. I mean, yes, good, championship teams are good offensively as well. So, But, but, team, but teams to, that win Stanley Cups win yeah. Stanley Cups because they get great goaltending. And we saw that against Vegas. Aiden Hill comes in. He's not getting beat four games where he gives up five goals. He's not. So that means you can't uh, continue to force your best players to have to produce because yeah. sometimes the goaltenders will outplay you. So sometimes you've got to, all right, the goalie's got our number tonight, so we're going to win the game 2-1. Yeah. Well, okay. and again, this now, okay, Vancouver, okay, that's a one-off. 
You stunk first game of the season. And I know they lost the second game. It was closer. Beat Nashville. F- Philadelphia, they, they were bad. Yep. Tonight, so now it's 50% of the games. <laughs> and, and all, I, yes, over the course of a season, you're going to have three or more bad games. But when there's three of the first six, it's it's going to look yeah, even and, worse. And it wasn't three of the first six where they got outplayed. It was three of the first six where they were bad and really bad. And again, I, I think they were worse defensively tonight than they were in the 8-1 loss. They might have been, yeah. But their goaltender... Like in the game, the one they lost eight one. Their goaltender, their goaltenders. Nobody had a good. Nobody game. had a good. But they, they weren't horrible. But they didn't. You didn't have at the end of the night. You were thinking about the saves that they did make mm-hmm. tonight. They gave up six. Campbell gave up six, and we're talking about four or five great shots or great saves he made. I mean, Kaprizov missed two wide open nets. He's top ten players in the world, and he missed back to back empty nets. Think about the chances they missed. So it wasn't good enough. Uh, the if I'm going to think of a positive right now, it's that there are 76 games left before the end of the year, so they've got time to figure this out, and they're going to have to, because right now it's not like they're just they're losing because they're not getting bounces or breaks, they're losing because they're playing uh, poorly defensively. Seven four, the Wild win it. Warren Fogle scored twice for the Oilers. Here he is. Warren, can you kind of just talk to the pace of that game is back and forth the first period and then the second period to control a little bit and then through the third period there? Yeah, I thought um, I thought we were real competitive those first two periods. Um, you know, there was some back and forth, but we stuck with it. Um, Supi was unbelievable. Made some crazy saves. Um, and then the third... Uh, just a couple of easy goals against. You know, we're, we're kind of hurting ourselves on those ones. And, um, you know, this, this group has it in us to, to get out of this funk. And we just got to... We just got to continue to be competitive, but we got to do it for a full 60. When Jack is making saves like that, is it just a matter of being able to latch on to that momentum? Yeah, for sure. He, like I said before, he made some crazy saves, and, you know, that's all you can ask from your goalie is to, is to make big saves uh, in big moments and, you know, for our group to respond, and unfortunately we, we, we just didn't do that in the third period. Speaking of big performances, you had two goals yourself. Is that anything that you're able to kind of take away and be proud of, or is it something that kind of spoils it with a loss? Um, I don't think there's anything to really be proud of. We got one win, um, so it's back to the drawing board. But, you know, I believe in this group. You know, guys are working hard. It's it's just the, the little mistakes that are just killing us right now. And um, we just need all all guys on the rope, and I know we can do that. What do you guys think needs for the power play, especially at the beginning there when you guys had that five on three? How do you think power play is clicking and, and what do you think maybe can be done differently? Um, yeah, I thought they had some looks. Um, you know, in the third period, that was a huge power play goal, you know, to make it a one goal game. Um, you know, it gave us some momentum and then uh, giving up the four on four goal <laughs> kind of just kicked us there. But um, I thought the power play scored a big goal when we needed to, uh, being down by two to make it a one goal game. How did you think of your team's performance? I know, of course, missing Connor McDavid, opportunity to step up. How did you think your team responded that way? Um, yeah, I thought we were competitive for the, the you know the first two periods. Um, you know, no one's going to replace someone like that, and we need everyone in here to uh, to buy in and and bring a little bit more each of us. Um, you know, he's a huge part of our team, and uh, if we have everyone doing a little bit more, um, you know, I, I like our chances of being competitive. Yeah, well, no McDavid, but I mean, I really, that's, again, I don't think that's that's the story. I mean, if this, if this is a game that Minnesota wins 2-1 uh, or 3-1 yeah. and the Oilers had 45 shots on goal and... and Go and, over and, 5 and, on and, the PP and, and, or something. And, and Adam Ernie had seven shots on goal, <laughs> you might be saying, well, you know what? On most nights, McDavid would have had six of those seven shots, and Ernie yeah. would have had one. One hundred percent. Maybe, maybe, maybe you win or tie it. This, this is this is a different uh, different story, and I think Fogel touched on that. By the way, just for accuracy here, because yep. I like details and I do look at the standings. Uh, uh, Fred said at least the Oilers are ahead of the Ducks and the Sharks. They are not ahead of the Anaheim Ducks, by the way. The Anaheim Ducks have four points. The Oilers have three. So we're ahead of the Sharks? Head of the Sharks who have one point. All right, uh, we'll get to a couple more phone calls. Some final thoughts from Rob. Oilers lose again 7-4 to the Minnesota Wild. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers 
Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Then he takes another one, this one by Duhame. Down to the ice. Right here we go. Kane's going to get the gloves off. Kane along with Brandon Duhame. And Kane trying to throw it right over the top. Duhame trying to hold him out. Kane throws a couple of rights over the top. And Duhame down to the ice. Evander Kane came in there. A couple of solid rights. I'm Brandon Duhame. Well, Kane did have a Gordie Howe hat trick. Got into a fight for the uh, second straight game, but the Oilers lose 7-4 to the Minnesota Wild. So what about, because, you know, I'm seeing and I got a buddy texting me, how, how much longer do you go back to your other D-zone system? Or do you think it's that <laughs> drastic a new thing? I mean, I, to me, I'll just quickly say, like, the play when... Nuge is checking Joel Erickson Eck and then leaves him to go cover somebody else's man and Erickson Eck scores. I, I don't care is what that system the system is. or is that Nuge again being in a fog? Well, to me, yeah, it because Nuge is behind the net and he he's the one skating out and he sees that Nurse is fronting the player on the boards and he knows that I believe it's Cece's behind him tied up with a player that way. So Nurse and Cece don't see Erickson Eck. I mean, that's so that is his man. You got to say, and at the end of the day, whatever system you have in place, you if you are the guy by the front of the net, you don't leave it and leave someone on the other team. There doesn't matter what system, because there's always going to be breakdowns. Like, you know what? We must have a breakdown here. I'm going to stay with this guy here. He's the most dangerous player on the ice. Um, the, some of the goals that were scored against had nothing to do with systems. It's, and this is something that the other day Jay Woodcroft talked about he goes we talk about systems but we've gone through all the goals a lot of these aren't system goals these are individual mistakes pinching at the wrong time bad line changes putting us in the one goal tonight that Hartman scored in front of the net where he got kicked to him by Sucarella the Oilers changed and they got outnumbered in front so they didn't have their guys back so that's a bad line change Uh, Bouchard getting walked um, Ekholm not taking well, a Bouchard stick. Pinched at the offensive blue line, led to a goal. No, and not only did he pinched, he pinched against the other team's best player, who's got the top ten best hands in the league. He's going to chip it by you. You've got to read the situation. So none of those are system. Those are all mental mistakes that players. These players know better. We've seen them do it better. I mean, Matthias Ekholm was a, a wall for the Oilers last year. Some of the mistakes he made. Now, I give him uh, a little more leeway simply because he didn't have a training camp or an exhibition season. And it's hard stepping in when the, the, the league gets faster. But unfortunately for him and the Oilers, there's not a whole lot of time to ease your way into it. And I think as a fan watching, the frustrating part for it is this is a team that A, talked, we're going to be better defensively. Mm-hmm. B, came in early for Captain State, skates, put in all these systems at the beginning and continue to talk about how they're going to take steps forward to being better defensively. And I, I know even Bob Stoffer talked about the fact on air, he's like, they might score fewer goals this year, but they're going to win games 3-1. So everybody was thinking this was the way the Oilers were going to go. And they're yeah. averaging four and four and a half goals against yeah. a game. So that's what's frustrating. Well, and that, and that's the thing. Like, forget about whether you were picked to win the Stanley Cup, win your division, win 50 games. I mean, if this was a team that you said, you know what, they're kind of mediocre, they might get 88 points. Like, they're below that. <laughs> yeah. They're below, like, a, a, a 500 team. Now, I'm going to say this for anyone that's still listening, because I know it's getting later at night, and some people may not have been happy and turned off you and I. Like, your mom and my wife probably have turned us off. They've had enough of us right now. <laughs> the Oilers are going to be a playoff team. They are too talented a team not to. Now, barring some unforeseen major injury run that they could get. So they will be a playoff team. But this is the regular season is an 82-game audition for players, an 82-game preparation for a team to be at their best come playoff time. Right now, the Edmonton Oilers' preparation Mm. and audition is not going very well. And it doesn't get easier. They're playing against a very good New York Ranger team on Thursday. Then they got the hoopla of the 
the game on Sunday, the Outdoor Winter Classic against another team that's desperate in the Calgary Flames. And any real home ice advantage is probably lost because both teams are excited about the Winter Classic. So it doesn't get any easier. And every time you put yourself a little further in the hole, it's it's harder to get out because A, you start doubting a little bit in yourself, but then there's the outside noise. Uh-huh. It's the outside noise of fans, the outside noise of media, outside noise of family and friends who are all now all of a sudden you got to continue to answer those questions. So the others certainly want to write this ship quickly. Okay, let's get a couple more calls in quickly here. Uh, Tony, Tony, go ahead. I just want to make two comments tonight. Um, the first one is there's an old saying, don't fix what's not broken. Well, we've kind of done that with our defensive system. I know you guys have talked about it, but we went from man-to-man to zone, and we just look lost now. Well, I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there for one second. It, it, the thing was, the Oilers felt it was broken. The Oilers got beat last year by Vegas because their defensive zone wasn't as good, and they gave up too many grade-A scoring chances. So it, it, the Oilers system they had last year was certainly not perfect. And the other thing is, I want to know what happened to Bouchard. I know you only. I know the score sheet only says minus three, but I can't tell you how many times this season where he's been walked, or the good one tonight where Campbell goes to make to cover the puck and he throws it right to Hartman and it goes right in the net. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, he swept the puck away when Campbell was trying to get. Well, he, I mean, he hasn't played well. I no, mean, I think that's apparent. Uh, we also have Sean tonight. Uh, Sean, go ahead, please. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I mean, I'm not really surprised uh, the way after this loss. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the uh, Oilers made Ryan Hartman look like a superstar on the ice. Yep. And, yep. Uh, it's, you know, that's a guy that, you know, all due respect. I mean, Caprice loves their superstar and stuff. But, uh, you know, like you guys said, I mean, I do see this team a playoff team. How far we go, I don't think we go far. Uh, the defense is pretty bad. Let's, you know, we can look at it any way. Our defense structure is pretty bad. Goaltending, sure. I mean, soup. He played as well as he could play, given the circumstance, but we hung him out to dry out there. Um, until that, I mean, this team isn't going to go far. hate to say it, but uh, Oilers fans, you know, you, we got to we got to realize this team is not a cup contend, a cup in that level. Yeah, we got Connor, we got Leon, but under, other than those, the bottom six and the defense, and we ain't going far. That's all i got to say. Well, again, I pre- I'm not even worried about the, the playoff. Win a game. <laughs> like, win a game. Play a solid game. I, to me, it's funny. You say win a game. I say play a solid game because right now I would take uh, a solid effort both ends. Um, and they, they've they had two, like even the Nashville game, they won 6-1. Shots were 11-3 for Nashville to start that game. Campbell stood on his head. Uh, the Oilers weathered a storm. Uh, yeah, the Oilers defensively, uh, there's a lot of question marks and a lot of video coming in the next 48 hours. Okay, next game broadcast is Thursday. 5.30 face-off show game at 7. Oilers will host the New York Rangers Hall of Fame night for Huddy and Wait, and uh, we'll see if uh, the team can play closer to the level those guys were at for most of their time in orange and blue. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Oilers Hockey, as always, presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Wild win at 7-4.